0: Welcome one and welcome all. We are live on Barry Flow <laughs> Upstream, number 112. I want to welcome in our casting crew, we've got Alex Bass of Cyberbyte Sync. How you doing, Alex?
1: What's going on? What's going on? Um, hopefully this is a good show tonight. I gave up a lot tonight to be here. So did Brandon, but he didn't actually.
0: Brandon, Brandon's Bra- not actually here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Brandon will be here
0: maybe soon. Give it give it like twenty minutes, he'll be here. We're also here with Blaze, editor in chief over at crackberry.com. How are you doing, Blaze? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. I wanna do some quick C B housekeeping while we are here. I know you guys finished out your um the contest that you guys did for the, the shirt and all that. Like that stuff's out and done, but you guys are also doing a contest for I believe another device, is that correct? Is there oh, another contest is. running on C B? Yeah, What's that about?
2: Right now, uh, It's basically just a BlackBerry DTECH 50 contest. So uh, nothing, you know, super special about the actual contest itself other than the fact that you get to have a, a BlackBerry DTECH 50 of your own. But, uh, you know, if you guys want one, go ahead, head on over, get your entries in there, and we'll pick out a winner. And um, it actually is one of the, uh, the, the, the pre-order packages directly from... Uh, Shot BlackBerry, so you get that that monstrous power pack to go along with it.
0: Should yeah, you be the winner? I was surprised. <laughs> I thought I was surprised when when I actually got to hold the power pack. Like I, in the pictures, it looks a lot smaller. Like I don't know, you think it's you know the size of like an SSD drive, like something like this, you know, relatively small compared to the DTEC 50. But this thing is bigger than the DTEC 50. The thing is huge. Yeah, so, it weighs uh, more in than terms the D-Tech of DTEC 50. <laughs> By by far, like at least three times, you know, two or three times more. It's it's pretty crazy. Here's my one complaint about that rapid charger, or rather that travel charger. Excuse me, is that the USB cord that you actually do for charging is upside down? <laughs> you go to plug it in, and they're like, oh wait, you have to flip it upside down to <laughs> put it in. It's just kind of weird. You'd expect the BlackBerry logo like to be the top. And then the USB, like, you'd also match, you know, where your BlackBerry logo would be or your USB, you know, thing on your charger, but no, you actually have to flip it and then put it in. I was like, hmm, that's really peculiar. on What would otherwise be a really awesome charger? milliamps is tons.
2: It's funny because I don't actually have one of the chargers myself. (laughs) All of the pre-orders and everything like that, like, my pre-order, here's how it worked out. I ordered a device for pre-order to basically have into the contest and everything like that, right? Um, and they went to Michelle's place, but the day that they arrived was the day after that I had left, so I couldn't even couldn't even collect my rapid charger uh, with the d 50 because I wasn't there to uh, to gather it up. So Michelle's gonna have to ship me one, I do believe. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's a that's a reoccurring struggle for you, but It's like, oh dang, I left it in the I left it in another country, <laughs> dude. It is, like, you know. I mean,
2: that's you know, am I don't want to go into my personal details, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's spread in two separate places that I'm like, damn, I left this here, I left that there, and it's like, oh, I'll get it next time. I guess I didn't really need it. <laughs>
0: yeah at, you know at, at least you know your heart is still there you know maybe, yeah. maybe as well as some of maybe your material items I just wanted to put this on screen so people can see this is the battery pack thing is is big it is serious and, and like if I threw this at your head you would probably have a concussion like it you is would die. mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you would die yeah you uh, it's it's pretty awesome you have your two charging uh, stations up here on the front end these are both I believe the same oh no they are different one is 1A, which is like standard charging, and then a 2A charger for the amp. So this one's going to be better for like larger types of devices. Like th- I would charge a Prive with this and the d 50 with that and kind of go standard. You don't want to overcharge. Then there's the actual charging adapter and then if you press this little button you're going to have your your actual power kind of uh, nod there. And you got four different uh, little lights. It's only half charged right now but if it's half charged that's like already 6,000 milliamps which is well, well beyond what the d 50 is going to need, Blaze. To really start out the week, right? You, you, you put out your review of the BlackBerry d 50, really, really thorough review as well. Kudos to you on that, man. I'm still working through mine, uh, trying to, <laughs> trying to really, really use the device before I, you know, go out. And that was something I know you wanted to do as well. You didn't yeah. just want to just rush out a review just because. Even though you know it is crackberry, and we were all looking for it, tell us some of your impressions and in, in your experience with the device. You know, are you still using it right now, or are you back on you know the Priv, or are you on another using Hub Services? Tell us what what you're kind of working with right now. Yeah,
2: I mean, going into it, I didn't um, obviously I didn't really know what to expect, and I'm I'm sure in the past I probably said some slanderous things towards the device, but you know how that works out. Is that, like when you get the device in your hand and actually start using it, that's when you you know, you can make some definitive statements on it, and um, yeah. For for now, I'm still actually using the d 50, even though I have a multitude of devices that I could actually go ahead and use. Uh, overall, I mean, it, it really has been, as I, as I stated in my review, it's like a well-rounded device, and it just kind of like works, and it's nice and light, and in your pocket, and you kind of don't have to really worry about it. Um, I haven't had any any problems with it that have actually, you know, made me say, like, damn it, I'm gonna switch off to another device or you know, it has never frustrated me to the point where I want to throw it at the wall or anything like that. It's really it's really just a good solid all around device and I continue to use it. And honestly, I don't I, I don't have any desire to like pick up anything else. Like I have all of the BlackBerry 10 devices I have a priv sitting here I have an LG V10 and iPhone 6 plus I could use any of them but I still continue to use the the DTEK 50 and, you know that I, I guess that sort of says a lot about the the usefulness and, and basically um, you know the overall use case scenario for the device because it really does work for me it just the, there has been no actual problems with the device I mean it's not uh, so
0: Go ahead. You know, I, I I'm just picking up on your tone in your review, and this is something you know I BBM'd you about. And it, you used a lot of words like acceptable and fine. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as if you didn't want to, you didn't want to go ahead and say any kind of you know negatives to a degree because it is a pretty balanced device overall. If you were to kind of give it knocks, where would you hit it? Because again, there's really five things we want on our smartphones, right? Display, battery, audio, camera, and you know. Just design, right? So and if on any of those areas, where does the DTEC 50 lack for you um, that is gonna make you interested in maybe that next device BlackBerry launches that is you know gonna maybe keep you away from the DTEC longer term?
2: Um, the battery, for one. Uh, the battery, I mean, it's as I mentioned, it works. I mean, it, it'll probably get you until the end of the day, but if you're a really deep hardcore user and you're just Nailing away at that battery all day long, then you're you're probably going to be running for your charger. So I would definitely definitely give it a knock on on the battery, um, the camera. And here's the thing about the camera is that I actually like the camera. And but the thing is is that you have to be very precise with the camera. And the consistent the, the quality consistency isn't there on the camera all the time. You can absolutely take some amazing pictures with it. But it's kind of like one of those things where you have to prepare yourself or you have to take like five or six different pictures to be able to go ahead and capture the one that is exactly right and has beautiful settings and everything about it, right? And it kind of falls apart under low light as well. Um, The front-facing camera, I mean, I can't even even talk about how great the front-facing camera is because of the fact that, you know, we're coming from a priv and that was two megapixels and it was absolutely dreadful. I mean, but to, to go ahead and, and put that into perspective, the front-facing camera actually works. It's a really nice front-facing camera. It has a flash and everything. It really takes great pictures. Um, one of the cool things that it does is that I noticed also, and the um, Priv does it as well, and I'm, I'm absolutely positive numerous other cameras do too, but when you actually take a front-facing um, photo, it flips the photo for you automatically. Like it, On the LG V10, the LG V10 doesn't actually flip the photo for you. It's basically like um, it just leaves it like as a mirrored image, right? Um, so that was something interesting that I noticed. But yeah, I mean, the camera and the battery are probably the two things that I, I would, you know, like to actually see some improvements with. Of course, everybody always wants a, a larger processor, but the processor that is in there on the D-Tech 50 is pretty sufficient as well. I mean, Anything. Yeah. Yeah, the only reason why I would want a larger or not larger um, improved processor would be because it would clear up some of those little hiccups that basically just do pop up every now and then. But you know, it. But that one doesn't overheat, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, in my experience, it doesn't overheat. Like you know, it's not it's not proof level overheating. I'm not going to say that it doesn't get hot because there are times when you're like, oh wow well, why is that so hot? Um, but it's not it's not priv level hot. You know what I mean? It's not like you're going out there and you're cooking yeah. your bacon and the, eggs on it, right?
0: <laughs> the and aluminum really helps pull right. the heat away to the side, so it's less obvious as well. I know I'm in Florida. It's hot. It's it's really hot, guys. Like I was out filming earlier today for my, my detailed picture for you, and I'm like dying. I had to like swap shirts. The, like the thing was drenched. I was also playing, you know, that game that which name I won't mention. That's pretty graphically intense with AR and all Thank that Birds
1: yeah, yeah, that one. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, same concept, right? Um, but uh, I, I was surprised because if I were on my priv, like my hand would be scalding, right? But I'm on the DTEC 50 and doing all these things, and the screen is like on constantly while I'm doing this this, this photo shoot because I'm, I'm focusing on the device. I mean, yeah, I drain battery pretty quick. I'm doing a bunch of stuff you know, with the device and yada yada, taking pictures, going back and forth between applications and games, and it was just really comforting that it wasn't burning my hand. I actually bought a case for my proof literally because it was just getting so hot, you know? Yeah. And I feel like with the d 50, I probably won't have to. Now, Blaze, I wanted to get your opinion on this because... As I'm going through my review, of course, I don't, I don't want to out all of my, you know, opinions on the device <laughs> so, so early, right? Otherwise, you know, maybe not do a review at all. But to me, in my usage, it's almost like for this device, I want a case because it's so light. And that's one of the areas I would actually knock it, where I just wish it was a little bit more substantial, be that a battery or just heavier materials. And, of course, you know, as they use the TCL reference, a lot of that is hard to do in terms of, you know, keeping the costs down, but I'm thinking maybe a case might help thicken it up and make it a little bit more robust in the hand. But it's so
1: thin, and that's the selling point that Blackbird is trying to make (laughs) known.
0: Well, I don't know,
2: see, I I don't personally have any problems with it in terms of, of the weight or anything like that, because honestly, coming... When, it's kind of funny because if you pick up the, the Priv and then you have the d 50 there, the, the Priv literally feels like a brick in your hand. It's like, mm. oh my god, how did I ever even use
0: this? A brick by um, BlackBerry. <laughs> right.
2: And I, I mean obviously there's people out there who feel the same way as you because a lot of the other reviews that made it out they actually like stated like the lightness of the phone is actually a problem but I mean, I don't, I don't personally feel that way, but, I mean, I can totally understand and relate to how people would feel that way and want to add some some additional weight to it just so that you know that it's in your pocket. Like, there's been times that I put it in my pocket right yeah. at the store and, and totally forgot that my phone was even in my pocket, and you're like, oh, my God, did I even grab my phone? Uh, so, yeah, I can, exactly. I can totally see it.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's my qualm with it. It's like, it's so light, and I'm so used to having that brick in my pocket that it's like, okay, my Priv's here, Now where are my keys? Where's my wallet, you know? But now I'm like, oh, crap, where's my where's my DTEC at? And uh, and it's there. It hasn't, I haven't lost it yet, which is good, I suppose. <laughs> it's such a trivial complaint, though. Like, you it know is. what I mean? <laughs> and and that's, that's what's great. It's like, when we talk about Priv, oh, the pricing, oh, the, the SOC, you know, oh, the the keyboard, the, the slider, you know, there's a bunch of tiny qualms people have, but we get to a device like the D-Tech 50 and, you know, we're talking about does it need a case or not, you know? Like, that is actually a good place and a good, uh, a good criticism for BlackBerry to take on because not only will Alcatel Idol 4 cases work for this, so there's already a bunch out there, right? But also BlackBerry put a bunch of really cool cases. They've got pockets that are, like, jean kind of styled which look really cool they have like the little display so it's actually a sleeve pocket they've got flip cases and hard shells and all that stuff over on shop Blackberry and as well you can find some on Crackberry too so definitely awesome case and accessories out there and you know that's something we're obviously are showcased in our reviews so definitely go check that out in terms of the camera I want to kind of swing back there you were talking about these these APIs that DTEC has available to it at, at a hardware level that the Priv doesn't. Can you talk about that a little bit and how it affects maybe the use of other third-party apps on the the DTEC Blaze? Yeah, so I
2: mean uh, the majority of Android users know that there's different camera options that are available and um, Google has implemented camera 2 API uh, which basically allows third-party applications to go ahead and implement any sort of like manual mode onto their camera applications themselves when they put them out. Um, and with Priv, Priv doesn't use Camera2 API even though there are manual options set within the BlackBerry camera application. If you were to download a third-party camera, such as like manual camera or anything like that, it, it, the Priv will basically tell you that this this app isn't compatible and it won't allow it to work right because it doesn't have the camera 2 api built into the actual software um, but when it comes to the uh, the uh, the D-Tech 50 that camera 2 api is directly built into the software so you can download the BlackBerry camera app and use the manual mode in that or you can turn to third party solutions such as manual camera and use the manual operations that are available within that you know, it's debatable as to whether or not, you know, those operations are better than what is built into the BlackBerry camera app. But either way, it's still something that is significant and is actually a difference between the two devices. Um, you know, how relevant that becomes to, to photo takers is, is, you know, that's up in the air. But it's just one highlight that I noticed while actually using the device. There are differences between the Priv software and the, um, the DTEC 50 software.
0: So we pick up camera to API access for wider ecosystem connectivity for our camera, but we also lose 4K on the processor that we're using. (laughs) And really, is that a loss? I mean, 4K is almost like one of those things that I can do it, can you? type gloating features more than anything else. I can't remember a time where I actually did it. And then it's like 4K content is so like hard to even view, and you, know, you need a 4K yeah. monitor or a 4K TV or 4K, you know, streaming capabilities, and it just gets kind of messy. Uh, again, out of in the
2: terms three of-, of us, Alex is the only one with a 4K monitor. So, and
1: I don't even really like watching content. I mean, I have uh, like Verizon FiOS, and it's like 80 up, 80 down. Yet, I still get struggles sometimes going through YouTube watching 4K. So it's it's really comes down to like a bandwidth problem, even if you have the tools necessary, and it's. It's just not there yet, anyway. So, Alex,
0: I know you're you're not a mid range guy, right? Like you're not too into the DTEC 50, mm-hmm. you know, being on a priv. And obviously, we know you want to go maybe Nexus in the future. One of our uh, one of our followers who watches us pretty regularly is actually using Hub Plus on his Six Plus, and he mm-hmm. commented in yep. one of our videos one of our videos or something, and he you know, he's talking about, like, actually it was on Instagram, and uh, he's he was actually you know really, really talking up the BlackBerry software piece. If yeah. you were to migrate to another device, are there things that you would miss from the BlackBerry software experience that you get on a BlackBerry device, or is the Hub Plus services enough? Like, I know, just correct me if I'm wrong here, you're not currently using the BlackBerry keyboard, right? On your priv, you're using a different
1: one? I'm simply trying to... Just try out some other options and see what there is there. Like I do love the keyboard, the physical and the virtual keyboard from BlackBerry. Um, I'm just trying to check out, say, like the Google keyboard, or some of the other keyboards, because like that's one of the great things about Android. There's so many options that I'm curious what I'm giving up by using the BlackBerry keyboard. Like I'd rather know what I'm giving up, or maybe what BlackBerry keyboard is doing better, rather than just blindly accepting this is the best keyboard. And I do think that the BlackBerry keyboard pretty much like the, even the spacing like the one thing that does bug me on the Google keyboard is like the middle row it doesn't utilize all of the horizontal space which seems stupid because it's just like why not utilize the space that's there for the keys so I'm probably misspelling and mistyping a little bit more on the Google keyboard than I did the BlackBerry keyboard but I do think that the autocorrect on the Google keyboard's a little bit better than the BlackBerry keyboard there, there are a few things that they kind of work their way out a little bit, but you you asked you know, what I would possibly be using if I were to use the BlackBerry uh, Hub Plus suite, and one thing that I'm using that I will always use is, I don't know if you can see this notification at all on the top of my screen, but for those of you that can't read it, it's not like this is going to focus anyway, this is meeting mode. So, it knows that I am in a meeting, and which the podcast is in my calendar, um, and it puts my phone on vibrate, so I don't have to think about it. That's something that I think I will I literally tell you about <laughs> it is as dumb as that is I may like actually pay that $1 a month so I can have like an ad free ver- you yeah, know I I might not even need to pay to get access to that they might throw ad- I don't know how how do they deal with ads in like the Blackberry calendar app or are there ads so the, the suite has right
0: now I believe oh gosh I believe it has the hub the calendar and the password keeper to start and then it unlocks kind of like the rest of the suite so i i think when you launch the the app it, it's going to bring in an ad and you dismiss it and then it brings you in and really we don't know right the 30-day trials should be ending you know in a couple of days here so we'll actually get to see what that experience is like if there anything like the bbm ads like shoot me now <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying?
2: I messed around with it because you can actually, um, you can trigger it somewhat. Um, In the BlackBerry Hub, what I noticed, because if you put, if you download the app and then you set your date on your phone 30 days ahead, Uh you can actually trigger it a little bit. It doesn't entirely work, but it does come up in, in some areas. Like on the BlackBerry Hub, when you go into the BlackBerry Hub, after the thirty-day period, there's a, a basically it's like a Google ad up at the top, and then that's it. Okay. So you see that Google ad. It's not like, you know, five thousand different ads that are all placed into your email. As far as I know, based on the trickery that I pulled, it's only only that one ad that is at the top within the BlackBerry
1: Hub. Okay. Um, and for the calendar I think it does like almost the exact same thing. So that's that's this weird part then for me specifically because if I'm really primarily using the calendar just for that one functionality, I personally use DigiCal as my calendar then it's like I'm essentially gonna get meeting mode for free and I kinda of feel bad but maybe you know the hub will get to a place where I'm comfortable using it for everything or I like they or depending on, like to what they do with the virtual keyboard like there are certain things that I may bite the bullet and pay the dollar a month to have access to without ads or whatever I think we're still waiting to see how BlackBerry goes forward with everything and they're probably testing the market too they're trying they're probably like right now they're probably looking at the numbers how many people have downloaded the hub plus did, how many people kept it installed on their phone and are actually using it? How many like, And from there, they'll make decisions based on what they want to do in the future. And then especially there's that keyboard that they're still holding back on. And it's like, what are you going to be doing with this virtual keyboard? Are you going to be selling it individually or is it going to be part of this? And I don't even think they necessarily made up their mind yet. Um, no, no. They're probably just going to use some of this data to make that decision. I think that's probably what they should be doing anyway. It's probably what yeah. they will
2: do. I mean, it's a bad thing for you know, like initial impressions upon people yeah. who are wanting to go ahead and actually try out these services. But at the same time, it, it helps them evaluate whether or not these, you know, their next steps are actually even going to be worth taking, right? So, yeah, it's a balance. I mean, they have a they have a plan, but the plan is to basically just roll it out and see how it how the dice fall, and then go. After that, and then do it again and see how it goes. So there, there is a plan there. It's just not, it's not set in stone. Like it, it's all subject to change, which is really, really interesting when you actually think about it. Because
1: kind of like, we're just playing it by ear and seeing what happens. <laughs> which I've been waiting for that trigger to happen. Um, from it to jump from one hundred thousand plus or 100,000 to 500,000 installs to, to, you know, surpass 500,000 installs. I'm really waiting for that to happen. I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet, but um, hopefully soon. So I want to transition here, Alex, because
0: I know... To to start off that little bit of conversation, we're talking about the, you know the neon quote unquote D Fifty, which Blaze actually pulled up some amusing uh, photos. Yeah, <laughs> and tweeted out that you know they were pretty much ready to go with the neon name, and then maybe that was to trip us up because you know they know they know we know that they know we know. Or <laughs> oh <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh Blaze is in the servers. Let's throw something out at him. <laughs> but uh, in terms of you know. Obviously, a mid-range device, maybe not being your uh, cup of tea. This quote on uh, this alleged BlackBerry Argon device, all-touch device, Qualcomm eight twenty or eight nine nine six, if you want to be specific. Four gigs of RAM, a five point five inch screen, twenty one rear fingerprint sensor, three thousand milliamp USB Type C. Is it really just the updates that that is what's keeping you from? staying with a BlackBerry device? Because if they are to launch this higher-end all-touch form factor, that seems like that'd be something that's kind of right up your alley. Is, is really just the nexus and having the you know, Android N and the latest versions of Android enough to, to satiate your, your tinkering self, or is it enough to kind of stay in the BlackBerry family and enjoy you know, that higher level of security that you're going to get from you know, BlackBerry's you know, uh, end-to-end uh, implementation there? I
2: think
1: we lost, Alex. No, I just thinking long and hard. Actually, <laughs> I don't know.
0: Um... It's not that tough of a question, Alex. I mean, Nexus or Argon, right? What is the yeah. difference, ultimately? Is it the update, or do you really just want to leave the BlackBerry camp and just enjoy the software that they're offering? Because I think the question I'm asking you is pivotal to a lot of people who are about to make a decision between, do I want to continue with BlackBerry hardware, or do I just want their software?
1: But, I mean, this is, like, I I, I stutter, and I, because I don't really know, because I'm, it's like, I've never really given Android a fair chance in the sense where I've, I've only used BlackBerry 10 and my first Android phone is the Priv by BlackBerry and I haven't been overly happy with some of the performance of it so then the question to me comes to is that Android or is it just like a bad SOC or all the like or is it because they have full device encryption and like all these things that BlackBerry doing is that slowing it down and I don't really know so like part of me Like, part of me simply wants to get a Nexus device for the sole reason of, like, I want to see what raw Android is like. And maybe there are very similar problems. In theory, there should be similar problems um, as to what I've experienced on the Priv. And if that's the case, then I may go right back to BlackBerry. Like, my next phone is probably going to be a Nexus, and then depending on how that goes, I may go right back to, to BlackBerry afterwards. Or it might just be such a good experience, and then I'll be like, okay, well, it makes sense to go raw Android and having the newest updates and things like that. So it's like, I, I'm not even like, I don't know yet because I haven't experienced please, please
0: don't use the word raw on this podcast ever again. Thank uh-huh. you. Thought. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think the, 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 the differentiation that you're making is that you want that vanilla. Unadultered type of Android experience versus that BlackBerry one. Yet, if you get that vanilla Android experience, you may go ahead and then put BlackBerry services on it with some of those BlackBerry apps as well. Yeah. So, so again, I, re- I bring this question back to you. If, if I gave you a Nexus 6P right now and told you, all right, put hub services on it and enable full-disk encryption, isn't it a BlackBerry at that point, like to a degree?
1: Because and that's it, Like in theory, yes, but that's the question, like... Will the phone like have the same la- like if I go in my car right now and I open up the Google Maps and then I listen to Google Play Music, I get my phone just goes to a screaming halt and I can't deal with that anymore. So the question is, is that just Android? Is Android, or is that because of what BlackBerry is putting on top of it? And chances are it's just Android being Android, but that's like where I don't have an actual answer. So, so it's tough to yeah, answer because that
2: because you haven't actually experienced a pure stock Android yes. experience.
1: In my mind, it's like, oh, it's this perfect 60 frames per second, no lag, no stutter, but it probably isn't. I've probably pretty much experienced pure Android on this priv, and the problem may have been just the SOC and these little stupid things which has caused it to not be the best experience.
2: Android so, um, gonna Android, bro. <laughs>
1: yeah, it <laughs> is. Lag gonna lag. So, yeah. so Alex,
0: here's something that Blaze may be able to attest to, and myself included, and in my review on Berryflow, you're gonna see me go into a very, very nitty-gritty kind of comparison between the differences of the Android OS on DTech fifty versus priv. And you'd think like, wait, why? What? Why are there differences? But there are, and there are very, very small, small changes. And I don't know if it's their they're running yeah. a newer version of Marshmallow, a newer build, or a build specified for the mid range hardware that's inside. Which doesn't even make sense. Again, weird, weird, yeah. weird. But yeah. there are visual changes, there are performance changes, animation changes, and honestly, D fifty runs, I think, at least ten percent better than my prib does, yet mm. is priced fifty percent more, which and and has less less spec'd out hardware, which yes. is interesting. <laughs> yes, and and I think okay. BlackBerry took a lot, I think they learned a lot from Priv, and yes. that will transition into devices, which is what makes me excited about something like an Argon in the Mercury to come, that QWERTY classic type, you know, candy bar form factor handset, because I think BlackBerry is still learning, right? That first yeah. device is not going to be perfect, but I think the fact that John Chen can say to the market, all right, guys, we're a software company, like, I didn't build this, you know? I didn't build this at all. However, I did secure it, and I did put my, you know, my secret sauce. I God, I hate that phrase, but secret sauce <laughs> into it, right? <laughs> then, Chen, it, what, it, it's it, one it, of yeah, the worst. Thing. <laughs> when, when Chen says it, especially like at the uh, at the security side, like, right, I gotta I gotta turn this off. <laughs> but uh, they said it a lot during the DTEC webcast too. I'm not quite sure why, but uh, you know, when it comes to that point that BlackBerry can really become and step into the form of this Android OEM and really kind of rise to the occasion of what that entails and can continue delivering on the software updates and can continue delivering on the security updates and things like that. I think we're going to see BlackBerry change in terms of what they put into their hardware. And I think they're going to get smarter and smarter about, what the end user experience really is, and you know, feedback like what you have from your prim versus you know what Blaze has on his Shop Blackberry version or me on my AT&T, all of that is going to be valuable to Blackberry, and that's obviously stuff we've been putting in you know any betas and any forums that we can find because it's super valuable to them. I hope based off what i've seen on DTEC 50 that devices to come are going to be a much more refined experience and i don't know what kind of testing that entails maybe just testing that software or that software on chip versus you know the encryption that they're going to implement or you know the security implementation that they're going to run but i was presently surprised with the DTEC 50's performance relative to the Priv for everything that's like non graphically intense like yeah that game that name i don't want to mention yeah it takes three or four more seconds to load up. But once it does, it runs as good as it did on the
1: Priv, right? And my hand's not burning either, so that's a plus. Which, that's in, that's really interesting to me because all I really use my phone for, I don't really use my phone for gaming at all. It's just between some multitasking but then very generic apps. And the thing is, the Priv, like yes, it has more power, but it sounds to me like you're saying the DTAC50 essentially doesn't lag as much, and it may be able to multitask I don't know. A little dude, bit better. Dude, the like, same. You know or... how you know how Snapchat is on Priv, right?
0: Yeah. Well, it's, I, yeah. At least okay. And when I it's, say Priv, please understand I'm talking about
1: my AT and T and Alex's AT and T yeah. version. May have an It's literally version. unusable. You take a picture and and then you go to tap yeah. to add text to it it's, and you're stuck for like ten seconds.
0: It's, <laughs> it's a crying shame. On DTech 50, it works the way it's supposed to. I okay. load it, I launch it, and I'm in the stories within seconds. And it's like, wow. And, again, it brings me almost to the place that you're at, Alex. It's like, geez, do I just want to experience vanilla Android? Yeah, do I yeah. just, is it that bad, or is this Android? Is this BlackBerry? Yeah. And I honestly think it is just the the awkward pairing of the 808, the BlackBerry security implementation, and Android. I think each one is playing okay. here along yeah. the way. And, you know, that's a learning point for BlackBerry. And I say to our listeners here, if you're on the fence, oh, I'm happy with my priv, I'm good with it, Good, you know. But I think something that a lot of people take for granted is that this is a device that we may not purchase for ourselves. But I'm going to purchase and recommend it for family members, right? I'm going to yeah. recommend it to family, my friends, and just people who ask me, "What is that thing?" You know, because it is rather unassuming on the front end, right? Like, "What is that?" No name, no nothing. And that's another that's another pain point I have, Blaze. I wish the name was on the front. <laughs> I put it next to my passport, SE. I put it next to my private. I'm like, "What is this?" And another funny thing is like right on the back end it says if I can see here, it says Blackberry STH 101 and then it says made in China and it's like, well, <laughs> that's it. and and Blaze, maybe you can you maybe you agree with this and uh do you do you think to a degree dtec 50 is almost BlackBerry's way of saying, Look, stop worrying about the hardware. You know? Absolutely. Just we, we've moved on from developing and designing ourselves. We're not putting our risk and cost into that part of the business anymore. Just chill out, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 110%. I still say actually not having the name BlackBerry on the front of the device is beneficial to actually selling the device. I believe that 110%. And I think it was it may, may not have been necessarily part of the you know the actual selling decision process or anything like that but it is beneficial I mean I've had more questions about DTEC 50 than the Priv thus far from people who have not been into any of the BlackBerry ecosphere or anything like that my mom messaged me and said you know my stepdad needs a new phone do you recommend the DTEC 50 even before my review was up, even before, like, any of the real information was generally out there, it was, like, she saw it on, like, CTV News or something like that, which is, like, a Canadian broadcasting um, news station. But anyways, she saw it on there, and she was messaging me even before my review was up. Like, there's there seems to be a higher interest in this device at this point, basically, just because of the fact that it... it It's affordable and it's not like crazy or anything like that. It doesn't have the BlackBerry branding even though a lot of people still realize that it's a BlackBerry device. I think, you know, BlackBerry was very concentrated and focused on putting out just simply a good device that works all around, isn't necessarily flashy or anything like that, but still serves a purpose for the actual market that they're, they're trying to reach. And... I don't know, man. I think VTech50 I think is going to be one of those devices that actually does
1: well for them. It'll probably yep. turn out better than the print, just simply based oh. on the price and everything. Yes. I, I absolutely wouldn't be surprised by that. Simply between the price and people who are like, well, maybe I'll give BlackBerry another chance, and I never really cared that much about the physical keyboard, but some people have been saying some good things about maybe you know, BlackBerry hardware, maybe like just I. I think James brought up a good point too, where it's kind of like this is a decent device to go and recommend to a family member. So maybe a family member who's sitting on Android, so like my grandpa, for instance, he doesn't want a phone that's too large, but he wants an Android phone. He just doesn't really know what one. And my like my gut goes to like, well, what the heck do I even recommend to him? And price is probably more of a concern to him yeah. than than anything. And it's like this isn't really a bad. You know, phone to go toward to recommend to just maybe someone who's not going to utilize their phone as much as maybe I am. Right. It's an it's,
2: and I hate to say it. It's like it's an everyday person's device. You know what I mean? Like anybody can go pick this up. Anybody can essentially use it because you know, as we know it, a lot of people are familiar with Android. They're already familiar with iOS, and the price point is reasonable. They look at it and they say, oh well. Not that much more than da-da-da-da-da. Or they don't need an iPhone, or they don't want an iPhone. They don't need a Samsung Galaxy S7 Edge or anything like that. It's a, it's a very middle-of-the-road device that can be pretty much recommended to anybody. Like, my son is, is going to be, like, thirteen. If there was a reason for me to buy him a phone at this point, if I felt as though that he needed to have like a communication device when he was outside playing or whatever, I would get him one of these to be able to go ahead and, and use while he was out there. Uh, I would buy one from my mom or my stepdad or you know, my cousins because they don't necessarily need anything that is super... Uh, you know, high-end or anything like that because they just don't use their phones the way that I do. It's a a very middle-of-the-road, easy-to-suggest-and-recommend device that pretty much anybody can pick up, and hopefully it it reaches the the fleet audience and people, those organizations, will buy them in in boatloads, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Here's something to think about as well, Alex, and and, and Blaze's input here is, is... The perfect kind of uh, bouncing off point for this this point that I'm trying to make is that from the release of Android Marshmallow in October of 2015 to BlackBerry's release of Android Marshmallow in April of 2016, that's six months. That's a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in tech time. But we've got to understand that there was a lot of security underpinnings on Android M that BlackBerry basically went in and did themselves, right? So there was a lot of work they had to do to make sure, of course, that their security implementation was where it needed to be. With Android N, I think a lot of the underlying changes are not so critical to what BlackBerry has done on Android M, and they're more now top higher-level yeah. changes, so I think they may be able to get an update out for Android N and a little bit quicker than they did with the six-month delay that we had for Marshmallow, just because they are working more on now that top layer as opposed to some of those nitty-gritty Linux kernel base base changes and working their way back up from there. So I think, honestly, if BlackBerry can get Android N out in a relatively timely fashion, that will increase the value of these devices coming out yep. as well. No,
1: I, I genuinely think that this is their one chance for them to actually make a big hit in the Android market. Like, there are companies that are already—they have so many devices out there. They're not keeping them up to date, and people like—they already have a bad name for them. So maybe HTC, like, they make a gorgeous phone. A lot of people will say like the HTC 10 is great, but they don't support their phones well, or they're not doing too much with security updates. So if BlackBerry could come in there and give fast security updates, because that's their core mission. And then also, if they get out in a reasonable amount of time, like they don't necessarily need to be the first one to do it, but if they're early on and then they actually support back, so if the Priv gets it, if the DTAC50 gets it, and if some of their future phones, if they get these updates too, they can actually be a big differentiator, and I think that is their way to get the stronghold into the market because I've already been seeing some positives that people have been talking about BlackBerry where they're pushing out the security updates, which is great because a lot of other companies aren't. So yeah. I think this is a huge thing that we're going to see, and this may be one of the big things that BlackBerry can do to actually get a foothold or stronghold in this market.
0: Yep, and, and they're beating, like you mentioned, they're beating a lot of OEMs to even thinking about these updates. You yes. know? And That's kind of a sad statement to a degree. I want to kind of swing back on DTEC 50 as kind of the centrifuge of this conversation, but you've got to think at a $299 price it is a really good buy, and especially when you're looking at maybe you have a family member or someone you know, or maybe yourself, on a Z10 or a Z30. This is the spiritual successor to those devices in terms of performance, in terms of the apps, everything. A lot of the little tiny refinements that I liked on the Z30, the speakers, you got great speakers on the DTech 50 right? You the USB Omnigo, something I liked about the Z30, I also have that here. You know, available on the d 50. I really liked that the Z30 had an FM radio versus the Z10. Bam! I got an FM radio app on this. Another weird additive that d 50 has that the PRID does not. And there's there's a couple other ones too, like the Wave Max or Max Wave Audio app, which lets you you know modify some of the uh, the audio outputs, which I thought was a pretty cool additive that they had from the uh, the Alcatel or TCL uh, bit that they did there. So. When we really look at what BlackBerry is doing, they're doing a lot of things to, again, reduce their costs, build better and better Android devices, and I hope that they continue to kind of grow and learn from what they're doing. Blaze, is is the DTEC 50 something you'd honestly recommend at this point, or would you have someone maybe wait out for an Argon or a Mercury, or is it kind of prime time to go get a cheap BlackBerry right now?
2: No, I mean, I think I think there are very specific people out there who the D-Tech 50 is going to be the absolutely perfect device for. I mean if you're not looking for something that is super spec out or anything like that then there's pretty much no reason not to really pick up a D-Tech 50 with the price point that it comes in and what the total package offers. You have to take, take under consideration what the total package offers and I, I think that a lot of people are starting to realize that now that when it comes to the updates that's a very important segment of the operation that is, 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 is it's essentially broken when you, when you look towards other OEMs, um, outside of Nexus devices you know it's only BlackBerry who is supplying the updates as soon as possible and when it comes down to it like I said the, the DTEC 50 is a very middle of the road device um, it, doesn't, it doesn't excel, it doesn't go above and beyond in any one specific area but everything that it does it does so at a very acceptable level. Like, there's nothing to point out and say, like, this is garbage. Like, I'm not going to buy this device because of this one particular thing. Like, there's nothing on there. It's a good all-around device at a very good price point. You get the security updates, and what more can you really ask for at that point? Like, I mean, I have no problem recommending it to anybody. The only person that I don't recommend it to is somebody who wants, like, a high-end device. Like, Alex, like, previously, like, Alex basically flat out said previously that he didn't want a middle-of-the-range road phone, he didn't want mid-range or anything like that. That's, Alex is the type of person that I would say don't buy it because you're not going to enjoy the experience. However, we all know Alex and he changes his mind every other day, right?
0: <laughs> and, and honestly, from a performance perspective, D-Tech 50 may be, like, an improvement over what, you know, some of his woes. Yeah, are. Yeah, I now. mean... Uh,
2: and taking taking a step back and looking at the situation, I honestly believe that in certain scenarios, Alex would be happier on the yeah. DTEK 50 because, like we mentioned, like Blackberry went back and they refined some of their code. I, I even though they say that the DTEK 50 and the Priv are running the same code, it goes back to what Alex was saying, like about pure Android. Is it you know the system on chip or is it the Blackberry software that is problematic? Honestly, I believe even though they're both running the exact same code, supposedly.
0: Um, Same code base. We don't know about, you know, code cover, right? It could be different. The hub, even the hub, like, I totally went
2: in to picking up the DTEC 50 I totally expected, like, the hub to be a somewhat Mm -hmm. terrible experience because of the processor. It's not. It's actually the hub on DTEC 50 goes faster on my D fifty than it does on my crib. So you know, I mean, what can I say at that point? Like it, it's just a good all around device and people really need to take take a step back and and look at what it actually offers in totality because it really is a a pretty complete package. Um there's no there's no like real downside to it.
0: <laughs> I was very presently surprised with what I've and I've been using it for quite some time now but I'm still see what I got the device and I was like hesitant to move over for all the reasons that Alex would not go to a DTEC 50. I was like oh you know I can't can afford to have you know Pokemon Go r- load slowly for me. I just can't, you know. Uh, all those little reasons were ones that were keeping and holding me back because I was so comfortable with kind of what I what I had deemed acceptable on the priv, you know? But now I'm finding that actually things are a lot, lot quicker than you know I anticipated, and I'm pretty impressed with it thus far. The convenience key is like super, super handy. And this is from a cold start. I'm not running any applications right now. Um let me lower my brightness to a degree. This is from a cold start, right? I have my 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 hub set for my convenience key and from a cold start, bam, it's up and loaded in full. You guys can't see it, but all my content is there. And again, that's a cold start. The app is not running, yet as you see here, boom, just like that, it's open. Very, very Wait a minute.
1: That See, this is where I think it's BS, and I don't agree that they're saying, like, it's the same code base because it's, I think it's, it's not. I think it's
0: just the optimization. I think that's the real difference. I think yeah. they probably could have no, taken... No, dude,
1: they're probably, they probably have the hub running in the background, which is something they should have been doing on the priv. Like, it's a no-brainer. And, like you're saying the modifications that when you pull down from the top and it has clear all whereas on the detect it just has the the three lines like there's little UI changes and modifications that they have made it's like realistically the priv should get these updates and maybe they will um, but if they don't it doesn't make any sense to me because these are like software updates that you should have one operating system that you're updating like there's no 50 different versions of touchwiz that they're putting on different. Fo- well, there might be, but <laughs> there. I don't know. Yeah, Look,
2: like here's here's all I. I don't even know how to say it because, like, here's one thing. I I, I don't believe that the code is identical, and whether that whether or not that just be because of the fact that they use a TCL reference device or whatever, I don't know. But here is essentially the one dead giveaway that tells me that there are some slight differences between the two operating systems that are running on these devices and it's when you when you pull down the notification shade when you pull down the notification shade and you have that pencil that you can edit up at the top you can basically change all of the options like it's almost as if you put it into like developer mode and you did that thing so like when you pull down the notification menu where you have your Wi-Fi your Bluetooth do not disturb your airplane mode, all that stuff. You can actually add stuff in there. You can add toggles to it directly without messing around with any of the actual input. Like, you don't need developer mode. You don't need to hold down the little gear symbol to get into any hidden secret menus. That's not on the Priv, man. So it's not identical. I don't care what anybody says. It's not identical. You know, there are subtle differences between the two, especially when you consider that they they maintain the FM radio, which obviously we all know is like a system-on-chip thing, but still, the FM radio is there, and the MaxWave audio is still there. So it's not... I don't care what they say. It's not identical. It may be identical security-wise in terms of the security implementations that they put into the device,
0: but it's not identical at the actual core. Yeah, I know in our chat brought up a couple different things that the, the the code base for security is is the same, right, obviously. They're both equally as secure as Android can be. But Do Not Disturb works a little bit differently on Dtech 50 There's no pat- picture password on the Dtech 50 right now, which who knows why. Maybe they couldn't. Uh, who knows, right? Again, maybe that's one of those system-on-chip type things. And then there's those extra apps that we mentioned. I'm running both on the same exact Wi-Fi, DTEK50 and Priv, and this is something I'll, I'll go into much more in-depth, and I'm hitting Hub at the same time, and my DTEK50 loads it about two seconds quicker, which yeah. is a crazy, to be quite honest. And again, when you look at that performance difference, you got to wonder where the best bang for your buck is going to be. Right now on Shop BlackBerry, a sale is going on, and the Priv is now $100 cheaper, and Sorry, Canadians, it may not be $100 cheaper where you are, but uh, <laughs> you know there are discounts going right now to kind of, right, we had a high and now we have a low, and they're kind of bringing everything to the middle, right, and that's a good thing to do to help make that decision just that much easier for people. If it is that QWERTY keyboard, now the cost to get that is a little bit less. So there's some good things going on in Shop BlackBerry. Definitely go check out some of those sales. It will be for a limited time. Uh, we'll see how long that goes. BlackBerry's also got a lot of wins going on. We see ad hoc wins, as always. They're going out and touting that they're you know, doing good things with ad hoc. INPS chose BlackBerry's BES-12 to manage its multi-platform mobile fleet, which is another win for them. And as well, the U.S. Army has uh, awarded BlackBerry software with a certificate of networthiness and authority to operate, which, again, just allows them better operational capabilities in those customer and client uh, you know, bases, which is always good. Uh, as well, in the developer side, we see that BlackBerry also announced the Developer Hero program, and there was actually some pretty decent apps that were built. I was kind of surprised. I, I thought maybe it was just like a 4 on hope, but there was actually four pretty solid apps that were developed. There's Demon Warrior by Five Fingers, which is a pretty decent app. Headless Screen Recorder by Burning Platform is an awesome app on BlackBerry 10. Definitely go check that out if you're using BlackBerry 10. You can, with no app open, just headlessly record, which is pretty dope. Um, Demon Warrior is a really cool like RPG game and it's free to download, so go check it out it's got tons of reviews it was last updated in July like late July, so it's pretty fresh on the update track so and it's
2: uh, not available for Passport
0: <laughs> yeah well, you know you know how that goes <laughs> there's a lot of weird things that are, like, are available for Z30 but not Passport App Manager by Hrad Systems and Monkey Adventure by Big Studio. so two two apps, two games that are available this, this um... This app manager is kind of like that Do application from uh, Roger LeBlanc. It's kind of like that. It gives you better access and controls for quick launching shortcuts, locking the device, and startup apps and things like that. So when you restart the phone, you know you have some preloaded apps that you know automatically fire off for you. But the platform is certainly far from dead, and we should be having literally an update coming in a couple of weeks here, so that's a good thing, too. I'm excited to jump back to to BlackBerry 10, and actually every time I pick up the SE, man, I'm just like blown away. It's like, holy crap, this device is sexy. Like, whoa. I think as a comparison point as well, the DTEC 50 back panel, in terms of texture, is similar to the Classic, and similar to the Passport SE backing. However, the Passport SEs is a little bit more silky and a little bit more, I don't know, maybe sexy is the best word? I don't know how to describe it, Blaze. I know you've used both. In terms of the textural feel of that back plate, it is that diamond pattern of the SE, but it's just maybe not as glossy. And a little less tacky. Yeah, it's it's not as smooth on the. Not D-Tech as smooth, 50. right? It's it's a little bit more like rugged on the DTEC 50, whereas it's a little bit more luxurious on the SE. And I, I kind of wish it was black. I that's the one thing too. It's like this gray color is nice, but I like black blackberries. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I like I blackberries too. So,
2: so. I kind of I actually kind of like the gray because it fits in with the rest of the device. Like the front is gray the back is gray if it was black i think it would just be too much black and at that point it would it would kind of be like just another black slab you know what i mean i kind of like the gray although it does i agree with you it does feel like you know utilitarian and kind of generic but still i like it i don't think i would
0: like it as much if it was black I know that the U-U Carbon is actually offering up with free shipping, I don't know if they're still doing it, but actually a uh, replacement for the black glossy uh, Blackberry logo. You can get like a metallic one or a chrome one if that's your yeah, favorite. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I know some people, like I Dallin, who's one of our uh, supporters on BerryFlow, was like, I won't get the DTEC 50 I need my chrome. And I'm like, well, you know, the sides are chrome, sort of, so adding <laughs> up, no, I need the logo. I'm like, all right, all right. I think.
2: Uh, one other fine point that i think that we should probably make to a lot of people is that the detech 50 actually looks much better in person than it does in any any sort of yes, pictures like yes, even my pictures yes. i mean i like to think that i took some nice pictures of the device and to at least try and show off that it it does look much better but you know there's there's some pictures out there on the internet and in other people's reviews that don't necessarily make the device look as good as what it should and In person, the device looks very, very sharp. One thing that it actually kind of shocked me is like the placement of you know where the 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 SD card and the um, the SIM card is is like you can barely see that it it even separates there. At least on mine. I mean, I'm not going to guarantee the exact same experience across the devices because quality issues and all that business. But on mine. I can barely even see the break where the SIM card slot and the SD card slot comes out. And it just looks so good. It it was like, I don't know, man. I didn't even know it was there. Like, if if the hole wasn't there to push in the the SIM injector tool, I wouldn't even have known
0: that it was actually there. (laughs) Wait, there's a SIM card? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it, it definitely is very, like the Z30 was probably the worst one. It was like this awkward flap thing that was right. like, attached to the back plate, like two like totally separate pieces. This one definitely looks very seamless. I'm also kind of liking the white LED notification. I know I'm going to get like flamed on that one. Oh, before, yeah. But uh, it's it's actually nice. I find it a little bit less... When I see the red light, like I go crazy. Like I gotta address that notification right now. Like the white is a little bit less. Like, please check me now, and it's more like, yeah. hey, no, there's a notification. You know, when, when you want to get to it, it's there, which I which I appreciate. You know, when it's red, it's like almost like an emergency. Like something's going on. Like please, yeah. check me. and it, it's it, Alex. You know, it, it's Alex talking about you know whatever date.
2: The red, just the red <laughs> creates a sense of urgency. And I get that, but I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of like in the same boat. I'm not really, you know, I'm not phased by not having a red one. At least there is a white one.
0: I it also, could be worse by, not, by having none, right? <laughs> right. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was about to say, like, there also is a headphone jack on this device, guys. Crazy. <laughs>
1: but
0: you never, you know, you don't want to take those things for granted. No USB Type-C, but there is Qualcomm Quick charging 2.0, which is great because I already bought a charger for my Priv, so it works on the DTEC 50 as well, which is awesome.
1: Something I'm more impressed by with this phone, at least visually, is um, I see that there's speaker. There seems to be front-facing speakers that they they very subtly like fit in there. Um, so yeah, they, it's really
0: weird how they built the device and. I think I've, I kind of understand it. I looked at some diagrams of how, like, the, the whole setup was done. Mm-hmm. They basically have the the whole well, – let me get out of my conversation there. No one wants to see that. Um, they kind of have the actual, like, phone front and back, right, mm-hmm. the actual pieces. And then around it, they've got this metal trim, and that's where they've actually housed the speakers. And at first I thought that the speakers were, like, one speaker, two speaker, three speaker, four speaker, but that's not the case. There's actually two speakers, and the way the speakers work is that they actually push audio out both directions. So if you put, oh. it, if you put it down, it doesn't,
1: no way. it doesn't
0: automatically flip it with software. It's, yeah. It just is built to work either way, which is cool. That's actually I, interesting. Yeah, and, it, and it, I thought maybe like the speaker holes were drilled all the way through, but they're not. So it's actually like splitting your audio and putting it out both directions for you, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Blaze, in terms of the speaker experience, is there any device that you can compare it to? I thought maybe like Z30 potentially in terms of how the speakers function. I think the Z30 has a little bit more oomph. (laughs) <laughs> exactly that oomph. But I was again very impressed with you know how it performed overall. And you put it at max, and it doesn't feel like it's gonna break. Like I never put the Prib speakers up to max because I'm afraid to lose the one speaker. There is there. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I mean, Let me turn it down a bit.
2: I think I think you're pretty pretty on par with the
0: comparison to the Z30.
2: It's it's one of those ones where it it doesn't have the oomph of the Z30, but it's still pretty nice. I mean. It, I kind of, I kind of gave it a little bit of a hard time in terms of like outdoor use and you know like driving down the road. You know, those are are situations where it doesn't necessarily excel at. However, if you're sitting at your home and it's on the coffee table and you're just trying to jam out while getting some work done on the computer or whatever, it's absolutely perfectly fine and it sounds really, really great. Um, If you're in your office and you know there's no no actual noise or anything like that. It sounds really, really great. Um, it's only when you actually take it outside do you start to okay. realize that hey, maybe it's not necessarily the best speaker that could have been implemented. And that's that's just that's me, and that's not necessarily a, a, a harsh criticism um, because most people are going to be using it in their house and and you know sitting at the computer or whatever,
0: anyways. Or you're going to have headphones in. Um, you know. That's an that's an interesting point, Blaze. When with that WaveMax audio app that works as like, I don't know it kind of works like an equalizer slash music modifier. It's yeah. rather It's it's this is what it looks like for people who are watching right now. It allows you basically to modify how sound goes out for different genres of music. So like, if the phone identifies that you're listening to rock based off of like the pitches and you know how the sound and beats are going from the audio output, it'll actually modify and kind of work to equalize or enhance. So you can actually increase the bass, treble, stereo, and the revive. And then per genre, you actually get this little table of items that you can modify per genre. So again, if you want your jazz to hit harder, you can do that. If you want your pop to hit softer, you can do that. Uh, really, really interesting stuff, but as Blaze mentioned just now, most of the things that you're, most of the areas that you're really going to experience those subtle differences are when you do plug in headphones. They're not really going to be heard through these JBL speakers, but again, JBL speakers are pretty decent. They're going to get the job done for most, which is which is what's important. Tech 50 I really thought we were going to be, sh- you know, shitting on this device, to be quite honest, but I'm pleasantly surprised that we're not, and uh, I think that speaks volumes coming from us, because we are all super, super critical of BlackBerry on
1: these uh, these items. Um, let's all... Well, can, uh, we, can we actually bring one last thing up yeah. that a lot of people have been bringing up for this phone? Um, it doesn't... The the power button is on the top, right? It's kind of a pain in the ass. It's a little bit out of the way. I, okay, so I love that. Go on. I love it. right? First off, the device has... Well,
0: let me hit this power button. One of the things about power buttons that's kind of important to understand is that like on Priv, it's kind of like middle to the top on the left-hand side, which is already kind of awkward for most people. Most people are expecting it on the right side, kind of where this convenience key is. When I first loaded the Priv, I thought as well that it was this middle button. It's not. However, when you look at power buttons, you don't, and this is something that happened on my Passport all the time and on my Z30 all the time. I put it in my pocket. I pull my phone out, and the phone's reset itself. Why? Because it's in my pocket, and the power button's at the top, and I put the phone in with the head first, so I'm resetting my phone or turning it off, missing important calls, missing meetings, missing notifications. Obviously, you don't want to do that. With putting the power button on the left-hand side, while it is weird for right-handed users to go up there and do, the DTEC 50 supports this, and the Priv does not. Again, go figure. The D-Tech 50 actually supports double tap to sleep. So you can actually put the device to sleep and wake it up without actually having to hit that button. So. Again, reaching up there is something you're rarely ever going to really do. You can just go ahead and use the software to open and close the device. And as you saw there, I tapped it, but my finger didn't hit it quite as precisely as it needed to to actually turn on. So it does take – it's a little finicky at times, and really that could be just the angle or how I've touched it, but it is super handy to do with your thumb or whatever the case may be.
1: But but so if someone really doesn't like that, can't they make that shortcut key do like lock the phone anywhere turn the screen off anyway if they really – I think they can lock it, but I don't think they okay. can turn it on that way. Well, well that. so can I, can I show you? Because, like, I, I'm assuming you could do something similar because on my phone, there, like, the Priv does not have double tap to turn off, but I have, I'm using a launcher, and I have double tap actually turn off the screen. So there's a way to do it. There are a couple apps that you can install and just do a shortcut of one of those apps. So there are ways to do it. You have to mess around with it a little bit, so I'm fairly certain you would be able to do it with the convenience key.
0: I'm, I'm looking at that right now. I think there is a way. I swear I saw a lock button in here somewhere. Okay. Um, here's What's, my
2: thing about that. If that's the biggest complaint that the majority yeah, of yeah, users yeah. have, BlackBerry did pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> and to me, it's not even that big of an issue because, like James already mentioned, it, it's on the priv on the left-hand side. It's just not as far right up as what it
0: is on the DTEK50. So... Mm-hmm.
2: It, Alex, it, it, it works. Either, right? Yeah,
0: okay. Yep. What if happens watch, if...
1: So, yeah, yeah do set, it. I set the convenience okay. key. Boom, it's locked. Okay, now, plus the convenience key again, though. It what doesn't happens? work. Nothing so That's the only thing, which is... Um, from
0: here, then, you can just double-tap the yeah. screen, however. But then from here, you've got to, of course, unlock, put your
1: password yeah. in, et cetera. So, so the, the one thing, because people have mentioned that double-tap to wake and double-tap to go to sleep is great, but actually, my stepdad... Uh, my mom. A few people have disabled it because in their pocket, sometimes it would turn on. So you do need to think about the people who may not necessarily want the double tap to turn on and turn off. Um, but it really seems like there are enough workarounds to an extent to get you to a place where it works well.
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely pretty pretty impressed with the device's performance thus far. It it just gets me excited Especially for the price. Yeah, that's that's the the kicker right there. Right, is that the price is just. Really undeniable at this at this range. I mean, yeah, you could spend a hundred more and get a One Plus, you know, and and then get the get the specs, right? You can go that route and get the Cinema Mod and you know all that stuff. But really, I value Blackberry's layer in productivity. Like for instance, I was playing a game earlier and I got an, a message from an email rather, and while I'm letting the game finish out its its run, I swipe in the productivity edge, which I actually had open for some reason, I don't know, probably for the review purposes, right? But I actually slid it over, hit the email, and, you know, jumped right in, sent a response, and came back, and the game's, you know, ready for me when I return. It's those little, little things that I think are really, really valuable that BlackBerry's put on as a layer. I know that BlackBerry's doing a lot of stuff to really keep the, the momentum going in terms of some of their software, but as we all saw, Blend actually hit End of life status as of I think like today. When was it? It was like an EOL. Like actually last month. Yeah, they did it. As, they did it at the end of July. They just didn't tell July anybody. <laughs> yeah, July thirty first. So literally at the end of the July. Now with EOL, one, this isn't the hail. This isn't a, a death note for for BlackBerry ten. Please don't don't draw those those lines between one another. Right, blend as clearly stated on the Reddit AMA and then reiterated on our podcast, you can go back and listen to it, it's titled Engage, specified that the uptake of Blend for BB10 users, so the amount of BB10 people using Blend wasn't enough to really quantify building out that application for Android. And it seems now that that's even more so the case, right? Uh, That's what this EOL must mean at this point. So in terms of software lifecycle, it is over. However, the app still works. I'm still using it here when I use my SE, and it still works really, really well for, you know, getting my emails over here. I just wish there was that darn signature support, man. That's all I needed, really.
2: (laughs) Unfortunately, that's all anybody really needed from it. That's, like, the biggest complaint with it is, like, it doesn't have signature support,
0: And, you know, an ultimately minor thing at the end of the day. But blend was one of those things that I had a lot of high hopes for. And there was a lot of aspects of BB10, you know, that I had a lot of high hopes for. But I want people to keep in mind here as we close out this podcast that BlackBerry is still doing a lot of things to keep pulse on who their customers really are so everyone's like yo where is blackberry story maker at you know and i've been one of those people you know wondering well, yo, where's StoryMaker? that's a that's a cross-platform app you need it now but if you look at those recent bbm updates right the ability to edit video down and then compress it and send it i wonder if maybe some of those assets still live on right some of that know-how still lives on it's just being applied in different ways And with that, I think BlackBerry is still in that kind of transition place where a lot of things are continuing to kind of evolve for them as they push on that software front. I think a lot of those assets they have, John Chen's kind of going through the closet and seeing what he's got, you know, and starting to put things to use slowly as they migrate through, bringing the business back to full profitability. But I think this next couple quarters, Blaze and Alex, are going to be pretty heavy for BlackBerry. I think this is where... They either rise or shine. And in our after show, which we're going to do for a couple minutes, I mean, that's really what we're going to talk about. The media tone is a lot different these days, and that's really what we're going to be talking about. This funny Next Web article that we're going to be talking about in our upstream after show, which is uh, supported by our patrons, is is entitled, the headline is, Blackberry isn't as screwed as you might have once (laughs) thought," And that in and of itself is is a tone change for the market. And we're going to be talking about some – some stock advisors and things like that, and analysts who have actually upgraded BlackBerry. So definitely tune into our BerryFlow Upstream After Show if you want to check that out. Um, to do so, hit us up at berryflow.com forward slash Patreon. Uh, our subscribers there get access to the After Show and a bunch of other goodies. Swag like this, hats, all that good stuff. So definitely go check it out. And also, go check out the Tech 50 If you want one, go to CrackBerry. Get into the comments there. There's about 1,200 other comments, but you may be the one. So go ahead, leave a comment on the CrackBerry post. and Maybe you'll win a Deek Tech 50 and an awesome battery pack as well. Everybody, thank you for watching, and we'll catch you all next week. Later, guys.
2: Take care, everyone.